Hello, welcome to the LDS study session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. Uh, today we're on episode 188 uh, and we are diving into this week's Come Follow Me study for the week. Uh, this week uh, we're looking at uh, 1st to 3rd John and also the book of Jude, um, which of course is interesting. There's clearly a lot of things to cover here. The heading of this week is called God is Love. And we're looking in the first section of the individual personal study, for which is called God is Light and God is Love. Now, uh, it asks the question to begin with, if you were to choose one or two words to describe God, what would they be? And then it refers to, in his epistles, John used the words light and love. Now, I think it's worth considering, first of all, why John has written this epistle. Um, because it is interesting, when you read these epistles, I mean, actually, it doesn't point out that it's is actually from John himself, but the writing, the way in which he writes and the things he teaches and the, and some of the thing, other kind of evidences point toward it being John uh, that we know who wrote the Gospel of John. Uh, and he obviously uh, went through a number of experiences where he saw the Saviour firsthand. And this epistle, you know, these epistles were written right toward the end of the apostolic ministry of the apostles. Um, many of the, of the apostles are now dead. Uh, we know Peter and Paul uh, had met their fate at this stage. And so at this stage, there were the many false teachings coming into the church, uh, including the fact that there was a disbelief that the Saviour actually was resurrected, which is why we see this strong testimony at the start of uh, 1 John, uh, where he basically says, you know, I've seen these things. With, I'm testifying to you of these witnesses, uh, this witness, that, um, you know, the Saviour did live again. And we, so we presume that this is written, these are written after the Gospel of John was written itself. So then John, after he has testified, you know, what he has seen and what he has experienced as, as an apostle, as a special witness of the Saviour, um, because don't forget, many of the, new, of the converts and many of the people who are following this new Christian church will not have seen the Saviour. I mean, some may have seen him in his mortality uh, and perhaps, perhaps been influenced by his miracles, but many of them who live further afield will never have actually met the Saviour or his, uh, or his influence uh, firsthand. And so this is something which is obviously very important to John, that he is able to get across to them. And the first thing, after he has introduced uh, his epistle with his witness, he then talks about how um, God is light and that this light is uh, important. Now, when I was planning these um, kind of comments and thoughts, I was planning to kind of cover this God is light, God is love in one entry, but it's kind of grown so much that it probably will go over too. So I'm going to focus on the God is light part first of all. In uh, one, First John chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So obviously, you know, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we will understand that God, you know, we believe him to have no darkness at all, that he is pure light. Um, and so with this, uh, we are able to kind of get an idea of, you know, the, the knowledge and the, and the peace that must come from coming to know him more. Um Theodore M. Burton uh, said this, quote, I have since wondered how anyone could knowingly prefer to live where it is dark and cold. How could anybody willingly prefer darkness and misery over light and warmth? Yet darkness, cold and misery will be the lot of those who willingly and knowingly reject the Lord. John wrote, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. 
I would like to speak about God's realm of light in contrast to the dark realm of Satan. Those who follow Satan will be cast into outer darkness, where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. How terrible to live in such a place of darkness and cold. It is entirely different from what we usually think of as burning in hell. That burning is the lasting regret one feels who has chosen the darkness of Satan in preference to the light of Christ, close quote. And I think um, Theodore M. Burton is very important, is very uh, specific here in pointing out that those who um, disregard or, you know, um, cast aside the light uh, are the people that will feel this darkness and cold. It's not people that haven't had this opportunity to receive the Saviour yet, but everyone no matter who they are, will have a chance to receive the Saviour at some stage in their life, whether it is in this life or in the life after, uh, which we discussed, you know, interestingly, uh, in yesterday's podcast, completely, you know, separate to this uh, Come Follow Me study, but actually links in really well. Um, that everyone will get this opportunity to receive this gospel because God's plan is perfect, and he wants all of his children to have this opportunity, no matter where they live in the world, no matter what their circumstances um, and so this light is available to all at some stage, and that's the important point. Now, this light uh, that is God, um, it then goes a bit further on to talk about how, uh, you know, we can't say that we follow the we can't follow the Lord and then walk in darkness. You know, it's not possible. Uh, this this just doesn't happen. If we walk in the light, then we are with the Savior. If we step into the darkness, then we are moving away from Him. Uh, and in verse 8 in one first John chapter 1, it says, If we say that we have no sin, and we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So it's interesting here that he talks about in verses 6 and 7 that, you know, if we walk in darkness and, and lie about following, the, about following the Lord, then that's upon our heads. But then he says in verse 8, and actually, you know, if we say we have no sin, then we're lying which indicates to me that, you know, he's saying that actually everyone needs to hear this message to move away from the darkness. Even those people that we might consider in our lives to be the, you know, the, most, the most righteous people, they probably have things which they need to work on and move away from um, because everyone is in this situation on this earth where we are tempted and where we fall into sins of omission and commission, where we might do things or do not things we should do uh, for the Saviour uh, and to follow him. Uh, William J. Critchlow Jr. Uh, said this, quote, In a very few moments, one could inventory the, in, the, in the mind his or her more serious transgressions, those already repented of and those still to be repented of. It will take a little longer, and the list will grow a little longer if we add to it the sins of omission. Sometimes our sins of omission are greater than our sins of commission. Now, how did we rid ourselves of sin, or how shall we rid ourselves of the sins so listed? Is there a pattern or formula for repenting? Definitely there is, in my humble opinion, and those who will pause to list their sins will by doing so be taking the first step in the repenting process. In such a mental inventory, we automatically recognise certain of our acts as transgressions, otherwise we would not list them. No problem can be solved, no sin can be resolved until it is first recognised. Recognition of sin, therefore, is the first step in the repenting processes. Close quote. And I think that sometimes we... You know, uh, President Nelson uh, taught this beautifully uh, in the April 2019 General Conference about repentance. I think we sometimes paint a picture of repentance, or especially when we use the phrase repentance process, we have in our mind this very draconian step process of recognising the sin, um, confessing the sin, um, 
you know, um, apologizing for the sin or, or you know, asking for forgiveness um, and then making restitution and then not doing the sin again. We kind of go through the, this process. And often if we talk about a repentance process, I mean, I might be the only one, I'm not sure. But if I am told, oh, they've got to go through a repentance process, that in my mind refers to transgressions that perhaps are more serious and require the support of a priesthood leader. Um, but actually, a repentance process is for all of us, as as we learn in First John chapter one verse eight. You know, all of us need to have this light of God in our lives. Going back to that scripture of God being light, we all are able to receive that light into our lives, but only to a, to the degree that our personal righteousness and worthiness allows us to. If we are, if there is anything, absolutely anything that is kind of discoloring or tainting that light from being fully within us then we need to go through a repentance process, not because we've done some huge sin that is you know, something which we need to go and repent of and speak to someone about, but we just need to work on it day by day, step by step, and try and be better each day uh, through recognising what we need to change. Um, and I can list you know, a number of things already you know, as I sit and I just think about things I need to work on, the way I speak to my children at times, uh, the way I, you know, the way I am... Uh, what's the word? The the, the way I minister. Uh, for 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 one example, I'm not the best ministering brother in the world. Um, you know the way I speak to my children at times. You know, there's just a couple of things, and the list will go on as I sit and think about it. And you know, it's just you know, what small things can I do to recognize the things I am doing or the things I'm not doing that I should be, so then I can start to go through that repentance process to receive more of the light of God. Anyway, that's kind of gone on a bit longer than I expected, so I'm going to pause it there. If there's uh, anything you've been studying in relation to your Come Follow Me studies, I would love to hear from it uh, at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email session at gmail.com and I'd love to share it on a future podcast. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.